awesome podcast. Toot toot. Boy, we sure live in interesting times, don't we, Mr. Possum? There's a ton of interesting historical stuff going on right now, isn't there? Uh, I don't know if you say so, uh, not really. We truly seem to be on the cusp of a legendary new era, or perhaps maybe it's the end of an old era, or it's possible we're even at uh, the height of the current era. It's sort of hard to see where you're at uh, on the era curve. Wow, you got more eras than Robin Hood. Toot toot, Mr. Possum. Thank you. My point is that it has truly never been more right now than right now. All right, Big Hal, so what are some of the these important, interesting historical things going on right now then? <laughs> what a question, Mr. Possum. I mean, they're all around us all the time, right? Um, I mean, there's uh, 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 there's politics, of course. Mm. There's a ton of politics going on right now, Mr. Possum. There's a... Probably more politics going on right now than ever before. Okay. And and culture, culture as well. There's also a ton of culture going on right now. It, there's actually so much culture going on, it can be overwhelming. Okay, uh, what else? Uh, well, there's weather and uh, traffic, sports. There's local news also. All of, all of those are pretty big. And then there's the word jumble and uh, like obituaries and stuff. Big Al, you're just describing a newspaper. There's always been newspapers, and there always will be. Right, but I'm just saying that the, the, the newspaper's more interesting now than it has been in the past, I think. Yeah, I'm not real sure that's true, buddy. Well, it'd be interesting to find out if we could, you know, if we had some kind of a time machine. Like a like a clock? Like a watch? No, no not, a, not a machine that tells time. I mean like a vehicle that would take you through time, like a car or a, a phone booth or something like that. Ooh, mine would be made out of trash cans, like them classic metal ones that Oscar the Grouch sat around in. Ooh, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. A, a time-traveling trash can? I'd love that. It would make quite a racket landing. What would mine be? Mine would be like a, oh, like a big boot, you know? Like a big Western boot. Oh, that's so stupid. What are you, Beatrix Potter? You gonna <laughs> plop down on Socrates in a big old cowboy boot? Come on. Hey, you know what we should do tonight, Mr. Possum? We should talk about when in time we'd like to travel to if we had a time machine. Doesn't that sound fun? I like the sound of that, Big Hell. That's the kind of travel plans I'm into. All right, so when we come back, Mr. Possum and I are gonna tell you the first era we'd like to travel to if we had a time machine. Where are you taking us first? Or should I say when? You should say when, because that's what we're talking about. But it's also where. Sure. But also when. <laughs> the first time period I would like to travel back to, if I had a time machine, is 
Smokey and the Bandit times. Of course. Now, I had to go ahead and get this one out of the way because everyone listening knows me and knows that if I belong anywhere, I belong in the golden era of American songwriting. Imagine how at home I could look in the pantheon of great songwriters if fate had spit me out onto the hospital floor at the same time as Rupert Holmes and Jerry Rafferty. But no, I had to be born a little more than 25 years ago in this cold, loveless digital era. But here's the thing. That's not even why I want to go back to Smokey and the Bandit times. The reason I want to go back is very simple. There's just too many freaking beers now, Mr. Possum. You go to pick out a beer, and there's just too many choices. It's like trying to pick out a Netflix. You can spend the whole length of a movie just scrolling through, thinking the next thing is going to jump out at you. But it never does. Because too many options makes the whole world vanilla. And you know what? I don't even like to say vanilla in that expression because I like vanilla a lot. I happen to think vanilla is great. We can all use a little vanilla every now and again. It's a lovely flavor. Me too. It's good. So I'm going to say, I'm going to change that. I'm going to say too many options makes the whole world um, egg salad. I like egg salad too. Actually, egg salad is pretty good. Can you just say too many options makes the world a salad and we can still have the eggs? Yeah, okay. Too many options makes the whole world a salad. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Anyway, back then you just had one type of beer. And you drank your one type of beer. And if anybody asked what type of beer you like, you say, well, I live east of the Mississippi, so I like Budweiser. Or, well, I live west of the Mississippi, so I like Coors. And if you wanted to set yourself apart, all you had to do was pay someone to drive a truckload of the other region's beer across the great continental divide. Nowadays, to be cool... You got to drink like a lambic or something. I'm sick of it, Mr. Possum. You want less beer options, that's it, huh? Less beer options. Yeah. Beer options are doing my head in, Mr. Possum. Are you sure you're not going back to smoking in the bandit times? Just to kick Sally Field out of the car and corner Burt Reynolds into conversation? Are you sure that's not the reason? Uh, I would obviously have to do that if I was there. I mean, come on. That's like going to the Louvre and not seeing the Mona Lisa. I would, of course, try to call shotgun on Sally Field. Okay. And sit with the bandit. But I keep on trying to tell you this. He would rather have her there. You know, there's not room for three people in that car. You're going to kick out Sally Field. Yeah. Cute little Sally Field back in the 70s. And it's just going to be you picking his brain about bandit stuff. It's not the best foot. I would obviously have to betray Sally Field in some way. Uh, Maybe poison the well a little bit. Uh, Maybe call and question some of her intentions. Oh, uh, drive a wedge. Yeah, drive a little wedge between them. Well, I'm sure Bandit's going to be excited to meet his own little time-traveling Iago. Well, when I hop into my time machine, I'm certainly going to say, Iago! <laughs> <laughs> toot toot. Toot toot. Mr. Possum, what is the first uh, place in time you would like to visit? Now, I know that you're going to call me reckless, but... I really want to go back in time and spend some time with them dinos. Oh, boy. Dinosaurs, <laughs> big hell. Rookie mistake. That is one of the, whenever anybody gets a time machine, that's one of the first things they do. And it's always a mistake. I'll be careful. Worst case scenario, you get chomped up in the jaws of a mighty Tyrannosaurus Rex. And uh, best case scenario, you step on a butterfly and you come back and everybody's got the snake tongues. We've all seen it in the in the Simpsons episode. 
I'll be careful. I won't touch nothing. I'm just there to listen. I seriously won't even get out of my time machine. I'm just going to sit there with my finger on the get out of here button. I just want to hear a T-Rex roar, and I want to hear what that sounds like. Oh, okay. Because everybody's got an idea what it sounds like. You see Jurassic Park or Godzilla or something like that, and they all sound kind of fearsome and loud and deep. We have no idea what the dinosaurs really sounded like, Big Al. I imagine since they're more bird than they are, you know, bear, I have a feeling that T-Rex is going to be squawking. That's what I think. I think it's going to be walking around with a real high-pitched voice like, Yeah. That's what I think. But what a cool-sounded squawk that would be coming out of a T-Rex, probably. Oh, man. What if they're, like, British? What if they sound British? What if they're like, uh, hello, gov? That would be crazy. Mr. Possum, why would they say L-O gov? You never know. What if they're British? We ain't got no idea. Steven Spielberg didn't go back there to research. He didn't have the guts. Right, but gov is short for governor, which is a, a title that someone gets. You're sort of casually giving someone that title when you say hello gov. So you're saying dinosaurs would not just have a language. They would have a position of governor that they would casually refer to each other as. Don't be silly. Of course the T-Rex wouldn't say governor. The other lesser dinosaurs would call T-Rex governor. He's clearly the governor of the dinosaurs. And he would allow them to abbreviate it. Yeah, you know, to his friends. Okay. But if it's okay. like a, a new dinosaur he ain't met yet, you better say governor. But if but if you've like had dinner with him a couple times, you can be like, hello, gov. And he's like, ah. <laughs> uh, it's pretty stupid, Mr. Possum. I hope it'll be just like that. What if you get back there and what if Spielberg nailed it? Then all hope is lost. Then I'm going to throw a rock at the dinosaur. I'm going to stomp a butterfly out and take my chances and come back and just throw a a time fit. (laughs) I'm going to make a mess if it don't go my way. So they better be British. Yeah. Okay. going next, Big Al? Kitty Hawk, North Carolina, at the turn of the 20th century, 1900 AD. Okay. Right when the infamous Wright brothers were beginning their glider trials that would catapult humanity into the puffy white clouds forever, Mr. Possum. Okay, this is interesting. I didn't know that you were as into airplanes and stuff. Oh, I'm not, Mr. Possum. Oh. I hate all that engineering and aerospace and tech and all that. That stuff's boring even when they're not in the trial phase of it. Mm. And actually, I don't even like flying. No thanks. Perfectly good roads down here that take me to the Thornton Mark. What I like is airports. Airports? I love airports, Mr. Possum. They got gift shops. They got Starbucks. They got a 24-hour Applebee's. They got those comfy massage chairs. Mm-mm-mm, I love an airport, Mr. Possum. So why go back to 1900? I mean, they were far from an airport. It was more of an air porch. Because when the Wright brothers appear up over the dune at Kitty Hawk in 1903 with their brand new prototype aeroplane, what they're going to find on the other side is me standing in front of the world's first airport. Oh, I see. 
the Howell Doughty International Airport. And it's going to have the first ever Starbucks and the first ever Hudson News and the first ever duty-free shop. All other shops are full of duty, I will say, when customers enter my duty-free shop. Love it. Now, uh, the Wright brothers and their friends might not like my airport much because they're going to have to go through security and I'm going to take their pocket knives and stuff from them. But I think they will enjoy relaxing and having a pint at the first ever airport chilies, maybe grabbing a pair of the world's first Ray-Ban sunglasses from the kiosk, Seems like a lot of work, and I think this is a job you want someone else to have, but you you say you run it? Oh, I'm passionate about this, Mr. Possum. I think I'm going to make this happen. And plus, here's the great thing. I've already seen it. I've already seen it in all its glory, and I get to just simply recreate that. A lot of the uncertainty in invention comes from not knowing what the finished product is supposed to look like. I know what the finished product is supposed to look like, and it is the Atlanta airport. Are you going to tell them that you're from the future? Or are you just going to be like, hello, fellow old-timey person, I've got an idea. I think what I'll tell them is I'm, I'm very optimistic about their chances about building the first airplane. And that is why I have had so much confidence that I've built the first ever airport. And then, of course, I will go down in history as uh, the, the guy who invented the modern airport. So you just kind of show up out of nowhere like their greatest fan. And they didn't even know they had fans. I would say they work for me at that point. You should just say that first to them. Hey, welcome. You work for me. Good job with the airplanes. Yeah. Can we get some airplanes in the sky, guys? Come on. What am I paying you for? Go ahead and get the first plane up in the sky by 3 o'clock, and I'll give you one of these free ranch dippers. If you got time to complain, you got time to plane. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Possum, when are we headed to next? I might need a little help with the exact year so I don't screw this up, but I want to go back in time and taste the very first hamburger. Oh, wow. Which I believe was made by the the Earl of Hamburger. Well, Hamburg. It's Hamburg. Oh. That don't have the same ring to it, does it? Well, it's a hamburger sandwich is what it is. So were were the citizens of Hamburg called hamburgers? Yeah, precisely. Hmm, that's confusing. Now, the trick is... If you're going to go eat the first hamburger, you got to bring toppings. You got to bring sauce. Because I bet you they invented that thing and were just happy that it was there. And it took decades, maybe hundreds of years for them to think, what if I put a piece of lettuce on here? What if I put a little crunch on there, a little onion ring, or maybe some mayonnaise? Okay. Well, I don't really like where this is heading, Mr. Possum. What? We're getting into stomping on a butterfly territory here. Because, Mr. Possum, if you take a slice of cheese back there and put a slice of cheese on that hamburger, then you have then invented the cheeseburger, and you have taken away one of the only things Louisville, Kentucky is known for. And I can't have that. I get your concern, and don't worry, it's not a problem. I would never dream of bringing anything close to a live culture into the time machine with me. Because there's always a chance that it's going to bond with my DNA, and I'm going to be part cheese slice. Which would be a terrible fate for me because I love the taste of cheese. What if they haven't figured out the bun situation yet? Like, what if it comes on, like, a baguette-style bread or or too too hard of a ciabatta roll or something? Instead of a classic melt-in-your-mouth hamburger bun. Well, in that case, I think I'm going to get back in my time machine, wait till I'm safely overhead, and then throw the hard bread at them and say, Try again! This will not do! And then I'll just go, like, ten years in the future... And visit again and be like, have you fixed it yet? Right. And they'll pull out the receipt for your last hamburger and say, you walked out on this. 
Mm-hmm. Plus 10 years interest. Right. That's okay. I got future money. I got all sorts of money. Yeah, it's true. With 10 years interest, it'll probably still only be a quarter. Exactly. The rubes. I'll just keep on showing up, and it'll be like a like a holiday for them. They're like, oh, it's time for the possum to show up out of thin air and judge us for a burger that we haven't gotten right yet. And if he's scared of his shadow, it'll be uh, six more weeks of winter. That's what they'll <laughs> start saying after a while. They'll screw it up somehow. I'd love to be their weird pagan mascot. I'll be like their little punks of Donnie Phil, Big Al. I'll be like their punks of Donnie fill me up with hamburgers. Lunch of Tawny Phil. Yeah, lunch of Tawny Phil. That's good. What's next on your journey? I would love to go back in time to the gold rush. Mm, gold. Now, this one is so simple, I don't even know what to say. Was there a greater time in history than the U.S. gold rush? Bunch of free spirits heading out west to make their big fortune and spend it all on gambling and booze and brothels and crowns for their rotten old-timey teeth. If you like the song the feller at the piano was playing, you just fired your six-shooter into the air until he played it again. None of this touch-tunes nonsense they got at bars nowadays. And there was no YouTube back then, Mr. Possum. The only YouTube back then was the tunnel you dug looking for a fresh vein of gold. The only TikTok was the oppressive eye of the clock as you whittled away your short life looking for diminishing precious minerals. The only Facebook, the wall of wanted criminals who had robbed stagecoaches and trains to get by after failing to strike it rich. And the only Twitter, of course, was the sound of the birds who settled briefly on your claim in between blasts of dynamite and TNT. Okay. And the only Pinterest was the tailor in town whose shop could have been called Pinterest, maybe. Are you quite finished? Yeah, that's the last one I've got. Wow. You really have painted quite the vivid picture of why you belong in the Gold Rush era, because it truly is the golden era of golden eras. Well, because uh, all of the material I just did is also gold, so I belong in in the time of gold. In the golden time of gold. I know what's going to happen. The first day you dig up a nugget, you're going to reach for your phone to take a selfie with it so you can post something like hashtag Gold or hashtag I found a nugget. Well, I mean, we know it would be hashtag nug life. I've thought about this many, many times. Oh, I like that, dude, dude. But you will not have that phone and you will have no one to tell about your golden exploits. That's true. I probably won't have a signal back then. Probably why people spent so much time at the saloon. Mm -hmm. They didn't have social media, you know. So I'll just go in there. I'll just walk into the saloon and I'll hold my nugget up into the air and I'll scream hashtag nug life. Mr. Possum, you hop into your trash can time machine and you travel back to another time. What is it? I would like to go to Transylvania of old and take a big old hunk out of Count Dracula. I'm going to bite him. 
you're going to bite Count Dracula. I'm going to bite him. You know that story normally goes the other way. And that's why he'll never see me coming. I'm going to pop out of my little trash can, and I'm going to bite him on the ankle. And I'll live forever. It's that easy. And do you think he's going to be mad afterwards? You're still going to have to, like, fight Count Dracula, I think, right? Eh, he'll probably put up a little bit of a fight, but my thinking is I'll go in there during the day. Oh, okay. When he's all sleepy. I mean, I know it's kind of cowardly. I should, like, you know, wait for the nighttime, but come on. Why would I make it easy for Count Dracula? He's a billionaire. Do you think Dracula grew up and sort of felt like he had to become a Dracula because his name was Dracula? I'm sure. I mean, I, can you imagine having a name like Dracula and not being Dracula? It's silly. Yeah. Imagine your name is John J. Wolfman. I mean, uh, what are you going to be when you grow up? Oh, I don't know, a firefighter? Get out of here. He's going to be a wolfman. Tonight on the Big Owl and Possum Radio Hour, we are firing up our time machines and finally using them. Big Owl, where are you going to take us next? Mr. Possum, the next destination in time I would like to visit is actually in the future. Specifically, the bug world future. Possum, our great scientific community has run all sorts of models and scenarios about the future, and they have concluded one thing about as certainly as can be concluded, and that is that we are headed toward a bug future. Okay. Things are going to get real bad for us mammals and birds and reptiles, but the bugs are in a great position to come out on top. This is a great time to invest in bugdom, Mr. Possum. And since there is no way I'm going to survive into the bug future without letting Elon Musk turn me into a wind-up toy, I'd like to visit the bug future and see what it's like. And I'm hoping, if things go the way I imagine they will, I will get to ride a giant crawdad. <laughs> giant crawdad? A giant crawdad in the bug future. Perhaps the king of the bug future. A giant crawdad. Hmm. Just, I mean, how smart is this crawdad? You gonna find a good one? A smart one? Oh, absolutely. These bugs are gonna be very smart. And the crawdad will be the smartest of all. I think they will be as smarter than us as we are as smarter than dinosaurs. Like, for instance, they will know how to say what I just uh, tried to say. Yeah. I don't know. I think a smart bug ain't gonna let you ride it. And that's the truth. Well, I will have to endear myself to the giant crawdad, probably. And I will hope that it does not have some kind of telepathic powers where it can read my brain uh, and understand that all I am there to do is ride it. Or perhaps it would look down on me and uh, treat me like a pet, you know? He'll toss me up onto, his, uh, up onto his enormous crawdad back, and I'll ride him around. And I'll hope that uh, he doesn't get super hungry. I think the, the pet angle is what, where you want to go. I think you want to endear yourself to him by being his pet. And that's fine. I'm fine with being the pet of a, of a big old crawdad. I hope you like crawdad jokes, because you're going to be hearing a lot of those. Like if the giant crawdad has to fill out a form and he's like, can you hand me a pincer? <laughs> I, actually, I like that quite a bit. Now, you're right about one thing, Big Ho. What's that? There will be an age of bugs. Uh-huh. But I hope you don't get too comfortable riding around that old crawdad, because it won't last that long. 
Humans are going to be done by about 3,000. And then four to 5,000 is going to be the rats. The rats get to run things. Okay, that makes sense. And then after that, the roaches run things for a while. Yeah, that's the bug future I'm talking about. So it's brief. They get their shot at it, but they're just too buggy. So I'm going to go to the year 5,000 when possums were on the earth. (laughs) Oh, Mr. Possum. I do not think possums are going to rule the earth. Oh, you don't think so? No, I don't think so. You don't think they're going to have pharaoh times in exactly the year 5,000 and I'm going to get out and be their King Tutankhamun? I I do not think you're going to be the King Tutankhamun of the possum times. You don't think I'm going to be walking around on a big pointy building saying things like, tut, tut? Nope, I don't. You don't think I'm going to have a legion of cats that actually work for me and respect me and crawl into my tomb when I die? No, I don't. You don't think that I'm going to become a mummy and come back in time and bug you? You're going to be a mummy in the future. Hold on, Mr. Possum. Let me diagram this out for a second. You're going to become a mummy in the future, in the year 5000. And then you're going to travel back in time as a undead mummy. Yep. And then come back and curse me nowadays. Yeah, that's my whole point of going there. I'm going to fake my death and get him to wrap me up good like a mummy. You know when they mummify somebody, they suck their guts out like with a little tube. I could probably handle that. I mean, these guts ain't nothing but trouble anyway. That's true. Al's about to tell us the last time slash place he's going to go. Mr. Possum, I would like to go back to Shakespeare times. I would love to visit the great Elizabethan era, or what is commonly known as the golden era of British playwriting. Oh, my God. The time of old Bill Shakespeare and his merry band of outlaw troubadours who (laughs) robbed from the rich and gave to the poor and performed the merry wives of Windsor in drag for Queen Elizabeth herself. (laughs) A bustling time in English history. You want to join Shakespeare's troupe? Oh, no, 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 Mr. Possum. I don't want to do any acting. I'm hitting up the pub in the Shakespeare times, where I will be, without a doubt, the tallest man anyone there has ever seen. They will call me Tall Howl, and I will get to know for the first time in my life what tall guy energy feels like. Think of it, Mr. Possum. The tallest guy standing at the bar. The tallest guy walking down the street. The tallest guy at the Globe Theater watching the first production of King Lear. Peasants behind me, unable to see, but scared to ask me to slouch down as I toss clumps of unsweetened wheat into my mouth or whatever they ate as theater snacks back then. I don't know what they had. I have to ask, you could have gone to almost any time in the past and be taller than most people. Why did you choose the Shakespearean times? I think I have some impression from watching Shakespeare plays and movies that take place in the Shakespeare times, just sort of what the manners and lifestyle was like back then. And I I don't want to be thrust into a situation where I don't know how to say g'day, m'lady, that type of stuff, you know? How do you say thank you in in Shakespeare? Uh, Me thanks you, my fine lady. I believe that's what you would say. 
Me thanks you. So you're you're just gonna go back in time and talk like Gollum? As an accidental Gollum myself, let me tell you, you're not gonna like it. See, Mr. Possum, you are really, really misunderestimating what tall guy energy is like and and the power of tall guy energy. Because if I walked into a room and I said, I straight up just started talking like Gollum, all the shorter guys in the pub are going to immediately start talking like Gollum as well because I've established that that is a cool tall guy thing to do. Oh, I see. You're going to be a trendsetter. I will be a trendsetter. That is how it works. I think what you should do is go back and make your present life better by talking to somebody in the past. Like, the last thing I want to do is I'm going to go back and talk to Davy Crockett. And I'm going to get him to stop wearing that raccoon hat of his. You're going to get Davy Crockett to stop wearing his iconic raccoon hat. Right, because raccoon hats and this, the stripe of the raccoon tail have gotten too much historical clout because of that man. You see a raccoon butt, you're like, oh, it's almost like Davy Crockett. And that's not good because that means people treat raccoons with too much respect that they don't deserve. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to fool David Crockett. I'm going to walk up to Davy Crockett, and I'm going to say, hey, everybody in the future thinks that your head is made out of a raccoon butt, and they all laugh at you. Like, you're famous for the wrong reasons, Davy. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I suppose that would make me think twice about my raccoon hat. Exactly. He's going to take it off and throw it. Now, are you a little bit worried, Mr. Possum, that if he needs a different hat, what if he switches over to a possum skin hat? He might try it. At the worst case scenario, he's going to try on the possum butt hat. But the problem with that is it's a fleshy, dry tail, and he's not going to like the way it feels kind of smacking him on the back of the neck when he walks. It's going to feel like someone poking him, like, hey, hey, can I borrow a dollar? Hey. Yeah. Which, if I was a possum butt hat, I would probably say that. I would be like, hey, can I have a dollar? How's that feel in the back of your neck? Get me off your head. I guess the worst case scenario is that he steals my butt and wears it. But then you would be famous forever as the hat of Davy Crockett. There are worse fates, I guess. I mean, it, it, it can only do good for the possum community, I say. And if I have to give my butt to Davy Crockett so that they may thrive, then so be it. Wear my rear end like a hatch, Davy Crockett. I will lay down my butt for my brethren. Some podcast. Toot toot.